This is the glass ceiling. Glass ceiling. Hard facts. Hard facts. Lagos, let's t- keep talking on 99.3 Nigeria Info. I am Sandra Ezekwasili, and on the glass ceiling, we talk about all the different barriers that Nigerian women face in their quest for a better life, in their quest to just do the things that uh, come naturally to Nigerian men. And today, our big question is what unique challenges do women lawyers face. What unique challenges do women lawyers face? I started thinking about this because I've been covering the Nigerian Bar Association elections here on Hard Facts and I've interviewed two of the candidates for president and I'm still working on talking to the third candidate and they are all men. And it occurred to me in the entire history of the NBA, the Nigerian Bar Association, only one woman has been president. Now, when you realize how many women lawyers there are, clearly it's weird that only one has risen to the top. And so I found myself asking questions about what women lawyers face in their profession and the various hurdles that they may be facing and on the interview, during the interview last week, I spoke to the two candidates about it. I asked them, you know, what they thought about it. And they gave me their answers. I asked them about the state of legal profession for women. And uh, Olumida Bata said, well, yes, that things need to get better for women. And um, Dr. Ajibade uh, S.A.N. said, well, he thinks that women have made a lot of progress in the last, uh, since the very first woman who was president in uh, 1992. Right? Both these people, eminent lawyers, both of them sans, and both of them also men. And we say you can't, you know, cut somebody's hair in their absence, Abby. So you cannot talk about the state of women lawyers without hearing from women lawyers. And that's why today on the show, I've brought them to join us on the glass ceiling. My first guest is... um, Lucy Williams. Lucy Williams is a student at a law school here in Nigeria. Lucy, thank you so much for joining us on The Glass Ceiling. Thank you for having me. And my second guest is a legal practitioner. Her name is Fumilayo. Fumilayo, welcome to The Glass Ceiling. Thank you, Sandra. And then I have my third guest returning. She's always here every time we have to talk about a legal matter. Nike Arobonlo, thank you so much for joining us on The Glass Ceiling. Thank you, Sandra, for having me. Yes. Now, I want to hear from you as well, Lagos. If you are a lawyer, whether you are female, whether you are male, give me a call. Tell me what you think the conditions for women in your profession is. You know, what what the conditions are like for the women in your profession. And no matter who you are, you know, call in and ask these women lawyers about what they face and how they succeed in spite of the things that they face. Now, I'm going to start at the very top and work my way down. Um, um, Nika, the NBA presidency, only one woman has been elected NBA president ever. Why are women, why are women so underrepresented at the top of the professional body? The challenges that um, women lawyers face are, you know, as like those MBA political 
fair is not different from the challenges that women face in the Nigerian political sphere. Hmm. I think it's just a reflection of our society. What, generally. Is, what does that mean? I don't think, you know, so I don't think that the challenges are unique to just the MBA. Well, um, well, I would start, you know, well, like you said, the like this year now, for example, now all our candidates are men. Let's mm. look after that. Mm-hmm. Now we have had women run women. Now we have had a few women run and me. Like we have this, like this very brilliant children as we call her, like she's the most recent learning that I have. Mm. Like a very brilliant campaign, mm-hmm. but she's no way. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I like... Like we all know, politics is a game of numbers, mm. and then the NBA politics is not any different. And then you find that in most, even amongst women, mm. there are some women who don't want to support their bid mm. for the presidency. Mm. You, as like it's not like, like in my opinion, I don't believe it has anything to do with the capability of the women okay. or has anything to do with you know with you know with you know with like women being out there because there are quite a lot of you know of female um, lawyers that are very, very active, mm-hmm. you know, and like very brilliant. But I don't think it's it's a general it's a general representation of the society that we live in where you know, more trust is 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 placed on men to lead. I see. Uh, Fumilayo Dude, is this, is this an opinion that you share? Do you think that this is why uh, women are so underrepresented at the top of your professional body? Or you think there's some other thing that we're not talking about? Um, so I agree with you, Ke, that it's a picture of the society at large, mm. what it is. Mm. And really, it's a game of numbers. When you look at um, the history of maybe not just the NBA, but most professional organizations, mm. um, permit me to divide this into three classes. Yes, you have the people that are just starting out. Let's, um, for um, lack of a better word, let's use those in middle management mm-hmm. and those that are at the top of their careers. Mm-hmm. Right now, leadership falls to those that are at the top of their careers. That's right. And when you look at the history of women in the workplace in Nigeria, including in the legal profession, Mm. there were so many reasons and so many societal factors responsible, Mm. but we have fewer women at the top of their legal careers at the moment. Mm. It's a a game of numbers. If you have 300 balls in a bowl, 150 red, 150 blue, Mm. and you're going to pick from them, Mm. there's a there's a um, better chance that you'll pick from both colors mm. as opposed to when you have 250 red balls and just 50 blue balls. Mm. Um, women have had to deal with, especially in the legal profession mm. and professions that are as tedious and as time-consuming to succeed at as the legal profession. Women in the past have had to deal with such societal constructs as being the primary homemaker, mm-hmm. um, having unequal in, um, remuneration such that in the past it, it is getting better now but in the past you had a lot of women enter into the profession mm. but exist from associate to senior associate positions due to 
pressure, societal pressure, um, being unable to manage both home and work-life balance and, well, so many other factors. And without adequate policies or um, adequate things put in place, adequate structures put in place to cater for them. Mm. So you have lesser women at senior management positions mm. right now than you have in middle management and just just starting out. Mm. And therefore, if you look at the game of numbers, we still have a lot more men in senior leadership positions mm. than than the others. Than but, have um, I do agree, yes, but I do agree that for a lot of reasons, a myriad of reasons, it is getting better. It is getting better, you do agree? Oh yes, it is getting better. When you look at my generation and your generation, you have a lot more women staying in the profession. Hmm. You have a lot more women in senior associates, um, middle class levels. We had a lot more women heading partnerships in law firms than we had five, ten years ago. Hmm. It's still not, um, there's still not an equal representation. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, we ha- the number of female SNs are still less than 5% out of the total numbers. Okay. So it's not yet, we haven't gotten there yet, but it is a lot better than it was a few years back. Mm. I, I'm going to come back to to that point you raised about SANs, but but Nike, if we want to see uh, more women in leadership positions in the NBA, right, including the presidency, what needs to happen? What do women lawyers need to do? What changes do they need to make to the NBA? I believe I believe a more robust and active participation. And by active participation, I don't just mean, um, I'm looking for the phrase that will be radio appropriate. Uh, I don't just mean uh, pandering to, you know, to, to the mental. I mean, actually, you know, like, you know, like actually participating like in terms of registering to vote, hmm. paying your, your as like paying your dues on time so you can vote because um like we all know in the NBA, if you don't pay your dues before March thirty first, you hmm. cannot vote. Even if you pay April first of the same year, because hmm. you're not pay you are not eligible to vote. Hmm. So first of all, even registering first of all, like, you know, register to vote, hmm. be active, be present. Be present, and when you are present, you know, like, you know, like, just be intimidated because you actually find across board, even sometimes on panels where there are male and female speakers, mm. you find that the 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 female speakers tend to, you know, downplay their accomplishments. Mm. You know, like it's almost. Seen as a thing of you know of pride to not put yourself out there or like, not blow your trumpet. Tell the world what you have, like mm. tell us what you have done, basically. Mm. You know, like most women when most, well, a lot of women feel more comfortable. Or when I say, well, like they act like it is more convenient for them to to be seen under the umbrella of a male colleague. It's almost as if sometimes your participation or your being visible, you know, is, you know, is, 
is a reflection of the benevolence of some man that has, you know, like has brought you to the fore. Mm. So a lot of people, in, in, you know, as like, well, like a lot of time. So mm. I, so I feel that for for there to be adequate representation of female lawyers mm-hmm. in the MBA, and mm. I believe that right now that we. Um, I agree with Dr. Ajibade and I agree with the speaker that, you know, that there is actually significant progress hmm. for women compared to what we had before because, you know, because now more women are more active, like most of us are now conscious that our vote matter and our vote counts. So... So that's it. Uh, I, I want to hear what um, Lucy Williams thinks. I know Lucy Williams is still uh, in law school, but uh, I, you have an opinion on this, I'm sure, Lucy, and I want to hear it. What, what say you? What do you think is responsible for the underrepresentation, first of all? And um, what do you think needs to happen so that more women stay in the game? Okay, so um, I think I'll start from the language when it comes to law. When you think about law, you think about men. Because when they when you they when they address us in law school, mm. they address us as gentlemen in skirt, but not addressed as women. You understand? So it's it's we just make the career the career a man's career. So when you look at law from the onset, it's presented as a career for men. Mm. So with that kind of language and with that kind of foundation, mm. it would carry on into the politics and the leadership of the Nigerian Bar Association. Mm. So that's one of the reasons, that's one of the primary reasons I think why women are underrepresented because you're already told that the profession is for men mm. and it should be run by men. So when the profession is for men, it's definitely going to be run by men. Mm. And I also think that um, when it comes to ca- career for, for um, women lawyers in Nigeria, mm-hmm. when you look at private taxes, women are discriminated against. So it's difficult for you to climb the ladder because when you're getting employed, there's a fact. There's a factor of pregnancy, mm-hmm. of you being a family woman, of you um, ending up having children, mm-hmm. of you taking time off to have children. Mm-hmm. So when all these factors come into play, there's a lower chance for women to go up on the ladder of the career. Mm-hmm. You understand? Okay. So the same thing applies in the politics. It's just a reflection of, like you said, of the Nigerian society as a whole. Mm-hmm. If you look at politics in Nigeria, how many female governors do we have? How many... Um, Female, you know, local government chairman. How many female? We've not had a female president. Mm. So when you think about it, you would, the same people who vote in the Nigerian bar association are the same people who come out to vote in elections. Mm. So it's just a reflection of their natural um, inhibitions and what they believe is the status quo. I see. Formula, um, for, okay, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and I also think for for things to change, mm. there's also we have to change the mindset as well as let us for things to change, we have to change mindset. Because even in law school, right, mm-hmm. I came across some women who thought that um, women should not lead. So there's there's that, right? So if a woman is coming out to run for NBA president, there are still women among us who believe that should not be president because that's another point I was going to raise I mean even if we get more women yes. to start participating how it's not just women that have to vote men also have to vote for the women okay. for the women exactly hmm. exactly I mean, there, there are people who believe that women should not leave so there's that obstacle because uh, being active is not the only only way to go because okay. you can be active and still get to the point where you need votes and there are people who really deeply believe that you should not leave because you're a woman so what do we do about that? I mean, you can't. Can you change a belief system? 
want to say something actually. Okay, Nika. Okay, so like, like you know, like both speakers have said. Mm. For example, now we have some law firms in Nigeria that do not like to hire women. Like, if you go to some websites of some law firms, mm. you see twelve men, one woman, and that woman is just you know like gender token. Sometimes in that establishment. The irony the irony of a law firm discriminating <laughs> it's mind boggling, isn't it? Actually have law firms where you go and tell you are to you know, you sound good, but we want somebody that will be able to work for long hours and then there is a belief that being a woman you are either incapable by your sex and worse, if you're a married woman, that because you're married, you will not be allowed to, and I use the word allowed, mm. understanding everything that word entails and means, mm-hmm. that you will not be allowed to because your husband might not let you. Mm. Now, even sometimes, uh, without even knowing the kind of man that you have married mm. or the kind of partner that you have, that assumption or presumption is made on his behalf. Mm. And then they are doing him a favor mm. or doing themselves a favor because there's no one like a situation where you have to call, you know, like call you for work and say, oh, sorry, my child is not well. Mm. Or, you know, like basically, like it's just like, well, as like they both said, it's a reflection, of, you know, as like of our society. Like the legal sphere is not any different. Hmm. It's not any different. So you, you know, so like in most cases, you have a scenario where most of the choice position because of you know of the the initial trajectory and how swift their career has moved, mm. you see that generally, and this is just generally now, there are some beautiful exceptions to the general principle. Mm. But you see here, a man and a woman call to bath on the same day mm. with equal capabilities. It should, like equal ways, like there's nothing to differentiate them from their genitalia. Mm. But the man is way ahead. Because not only has he been helped, he's helped by, you know, by the society, I would say, but there's all, you know, at like there's also the presumption of competence mm. in his favor. Now, for a woman, you have to prove yourself over and over and over again just to be seen. But for a man, you know, it's that competence is presumed in your favor. So this is also, uh, you know, as like... Part of the problem. Is, yes, it is part of our problem. And like she said, gentleman in care. Let me come to Fumi for a bit. Fumi talked about Sands uh, earlier on. And yes, there, there does seem to be far more men Sands than women Sands. Is it Sands or S-A-N? Is, is, it, is it S-A-N or Sands? What's the right way to say that? 
<laughs> okay. So yeah. So we have uh, far more SANs than uh, men SANs than women SANs. This disparity, eh, is it a reflection of the actual percentage of lawyers, or is it a an a situation where women are again underrepresented? Okay. So I think it's a bit of both. Okay. Now. Um, Again, we have established that what happens in the legal profession is a reflection of what happens in society generally. Mm -hmm. The title of Senior Advocate of Nigeria is mostly given to um, those in active litigation practice. Okay. You have some reserved for academia. Now, litigation practice has is one of the um, most serious areas of law. He has a tradition of long working hours. Okay. He has... Um, it has a lot of efforts and stress being put into it. Okay. Just, just like, um, just as with leadership positions in the professional bodies, mm -hmm. um, with senior advocates, it takes. I believe it takes more than just brilliance to get into this thing. And I'm sure we all know that with even respect to politics in Nigeria, mm. I doubt there's any new lawyer you meet that will deny the brilliance, the absolute brilliance of female lawyers. Hmm. What female lawyers have not learned to do well is to penetrate what I would call the informal um, the informal gentleman's club. Hmm. Whether we like it or not, that exists. So wrong for an office like the NBA president, mm -hmm. it takes more than you just being a brilliant person. Hmm. There has to be clout. There has to be some sort of social capital mm. that takes years to build, that takes a lot of effort to build. Mm. Um, we can mention which is one I believe, one of the people I believe could have made that offer mm. because she has over the years built not just a brilliant practice, mm. but that clout, that social capital mm. that it takes. Now, there are a lot of fantastic female lawyers, mm. even in um, top leadership positions. Mm. Mrs. Dorothy Oford, Mrs. Mia Essen, like you have so many of them. Mm. But it takes, it, it takes almost superhuman powers to even get to where they are. That mm. now ask them to, it is, not, it is not impossible, I'm sure, but to now take the extra effort to build the clout and the social capital that it takes mm. to run mm. for office. Like, there's, 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 there's so much. I mean, make us talk about the mindset of married women. Mm. And but the truth of the matter is, um, half of the employers that do this, while not making excuses for them, mm -hmm. have a situation of experience. Okay. In fact, one of the theories I have about our generation getting better in respect of staying in the profession longer than previous generations mm -hmm. used to mm -hmm. is the fact that in more recent times, women are getting married a lot later than they used to okay. and therefore have established some form of foundation, both um, financially and in respect of their careers, to be able to make better decisions and create better support systems for them mm. with respect to family building while they still pursue their careers. Mm. You cannot um, deny the influence that this kind of thing plays on a woman's career. 
And then um, women need to learn to also make that effort. It's not just about brilliance, and that's the truth. Now, how, now, how do you build the social capital? Because you, you made an intriguing point about you have to be able to have social capital, you have to be able to have some pool. How do you build that? As a female lawyer, Like, because you talked about the informal sector of the NBA that is mostly a gentleman's club that you need to penetrate. How do you penetrate that? So we have a lot of... Um I mean, for instance, we've all been calling it the women's name. We have a lot of um, events, sponsorship of events, um, being, being a very notable figure in respect of speaking to issues. And then we cannot deny the financial bit of it, which is another major issue. <laughs> Women learning to own um financial their financial stability. I mean it it will take us a while. I, I like I said we have made quite a bit of progress. But it will take us it will still take us a while. Um they are they are top women in high profile areas of law. I mean arbitration, maritime, admiralty, telecommunications but we need more women in those in those high-profile areas. Mm. Uh, Lucy, let me hear your thoughts. Um, I think um, what she said was right about the boys' club and how laws in the boys' club. I believe that with mentorship, with mentorship, women can come to get to that position, get to the job position. Because yes, we have women in these job positions. We have it's, it's more like tokenism. We're out of 20, there's one woman mm. out of 30 who are two women. Mm-hmm. I believe that if we, if there's a situation where we have mentorship, so being women at these top positions, having mentoring programs, the way that she said, there's, there's a gentleman's club. For you to get this position, you have to penetrate the gentleman's club. Why don't we create our own club where you don't have to penetrate this club? We use our own power and get to these positions. Because having to penetrate this club is also having to maintain the status quo that, you know, it's still a gentleman's club. Mm. Why shouldn't we, we as human beings, men and women, are involved in this career? It doesn't have to be one man's club or one woman's club. Hmm, I see. Nika, what do you think about that? Do you think that that's realistic? Well, is it a realistic um, um, goal? Well, it's a long-term goal, obviously. Like, it's, you know, as like, you know, as like that would have to be like a long-term goal, you okay. know, like to like have like another club that is not a gentleman's club. And like, remember, as, as like said, the NBA elections is, you know, as like fine um, politics um, at the heart of it is a game of numbers. Mm. But the social capital, oh my God, <laughs> because you have, you need, you need a very, very vibrant campaign. I think in my in my nine years as a lawyer, mm. this is the best NBA campaign that I have seen. That is this. This vibrant because they have different platforms. You know, like there's a lot as like there's a lot at stake hmm. basically. Hmm. So not so your brilliance is good and fine, but your brilliance will only take you so far hmm. because 
all the lawyers are deemed, you know, or like are presumed brilliant. So, how to get the social capital once again? I would say it again. Show, showing up cannot be underestimated. Just showing up, first of all, showing up at your best, showing up ready to learn, showing up ready to help cannot be overestimated. That's number one. Mm. Number two, also networking. Networking is, well, like, um, I don't think this this applies to just the legal profession. Mm. I think this, like, you know, as like it applies, it applies to all world. professions. Mm-hmm. Because you need to be well-liked. Like, you need to be well-liked by a lot of people that will be willing to contribute to your campaign because the campaign is not free and not cheap. Hmm. It kind of sounds like we're talking about uh, running for 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 any office, really. So, so from what we've said, the same rules apply for any office, uh, any political office. Exact same political principles. Hmm. We okay, like we've read love does not win elections mm-hmm. by Aisha Oshori. Mm-hmm. It is a direct reflection of the Nigerian society which mirrors itself in the legal profession. All right. So I agree, you know, so like I agree that yes, like you know we like can't maintain the status quo. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. As like you know, like we cannot maintain the status quo as it is. But then it is getting way better. Like there are a lot of of younger lawyers that are way active, even married women that are way active. Like most most people have moved past the idea that you know that if you're married, you cannot make time for something like this that matters. Because just being there, like just being visible, like um, apart from it being like a very very powerful position, it's also like it opens a lot of doors for you hmm. just by being there. So women, in my opinion, the best way to do it is to show up as like show up ready. Okay. Anything, show up with an open mind. Okay. Show up with an open mind. Don't come there with your own preconceived notions of anything and be willing to learn. By willing to learn, I mean be ready to humble yourself to learning. Be ready for it. I'm curious about something that we cannot get to, but it will take work and then work of many, many people, not just one person, a lot of women working at the same time and working together. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to ask Lucy what she thinks about that when we come back from a commercial break. If you just joined the show, hello to you. Uh, good evening. You're listening to Sandra Ezekwesili on 99.3 Nigeria Info. And we're talking about the NBA elections, upcoming NBA elections. I've already mentioned that um, while I was interviewing the people who would run for president, none of them were women. And that made me curious. And I decided to find out if they were unique 
unique challenges that women lawyers in the NBA face. And to do that, I have three female lawyers on the show with me. Well, one of them is in law school. Uh, Lucy Williams is in law school. Nika Rombolo is a, is a lawyer. And Fumilayo Odude is also a lawyer. And three of them have um, essentially agreed that nothing that happens in the NBA is unique to the NBA. So I'm guessing that you who's listening can relate to a lot of the points that they've made on the show today in your own field, in your own profession. Uh, there are things you think are very relatable and therefore you can share with us uh, via our phone numbers. We're streaming this conversation on Facebook and YouTube, Nigeria Info FM. You can call us on 0700-993-993-993. Are you hearing any similarities between what the women who uh, have... Um, spoken on the show as pertaining the legal profession and in your own profession. If you also have questions for the guests, you can call in and ask those questions. You're listening to Hard Facts. Don't go away. This is the Glass Ceiling on Hard Facts. Hard Facts. it on 99.3 Nigeria Info. What unique challenges do women lawyers face? I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. It's 24 minutes to five. I've got guests on the show who are saying so much. Uh, my first guest uh, is a student in law school, Lucy Williams. I also have Nika Rongolo on the show with me. She's a lawyer. Fumilayo Odude is also on the show. She's a lawyer. Before the break, uh, Nika made some very interesting points that I'm curious what Lucy thinks. Lucy, hello. Hi, hello. Yes, tell me what you think. Um, so yeah, Nika, was, Nika has made some really good points about um, you know, um, working together, all of us as women working together, which is which I agree with. Mm. So for us, it's not just one person's work, you know, and it's not just you fighting for yourself. I believe that as a woman, mm. if you get to the top of any any organization, mm. you have to think that it's not just for you. Mm. It's for you and it's for all the women behind you and all the women coming after you. Mm. So it's a thing where we all have to work together, we all have to understand that men have had an advantage mm. from being born men from being born in a society that sees them as superior, they've had an advantage mm. and we have to create an advantage for ourselves. So it's by us working together that we can see change in Nigerian bar and also in Nigeria as, as a country. Mm. Um, are there um, politics and leadership structures in law school and at undergraduate level uh, where women are currently participating, Lucy? So I can't really say for undergraduate level because I didn't study law in Nigeria, but in the law school, from my experience, mm. um, what I've noticed is when it comes to classwork, right, mm. so I'm speaking from my year and from speaking to other friends who were from law school, mm. it was the boys that were, it was men that were made classwork mm. while women were assistants. Mm. There's no written down rule, it was more of like an unspoken rule. Mm. I remember a friend was trying to run for SRC chairperson and she was told by some people from her university that she couldn't run mm. because there are, um, there are places where men go to and women would not be allowed to go to. I don't understand what that meant, but there's it's unspoken. It's a thing where, like I said, a boys club where you're, you're told you're gentlemen in scared. When in, in the in the court of law there is no woman, they're all men. You understand? Mm. So it's an unspoken rule, but it's there. I men see. are given an advantage when it comes to leadership positions in law schools. 
Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Fumi, last year at the NBA conference, there was a conversation about adding sexual harassment to the list of behaviors banned by the rules of uh, rules for professional conduct. How come the legal profession still doesn't have express rules against sexual harassment? So that so, um, is, yes, Fumi. Okay, Nikkei. No, that's what Fumi. Right. So, um, that is extremely sad. And um, what you typically hear is it falls under the general misconduct. But seeing that it is, um, this is an issue that the entire society has to deal with right now, one would have expected that the NBA would be the front liner in not just dealing with the issues in respect of our profession, but in creating even guidelines for the labor market mm. and for um, for companies. So mm. it is it is um, very disappointing. And should I say, as I'm part of the profession, should I say that it is quite shameful <laughs> that it, it it's not something that has been um, that has been brought to the front now up until now. Mm. And I'm hoping that it's something that will be tackled very very quickly. Because um, sexual harassment should not just deal with the very um, overt acts. There is there are a lot of subtle covert acts that make women uncomfortable in the workplace. Mm. And so, if if we as um, we being the learned people mm-hmm. who should who should be the guiding light, mm-hmm. are not provided light. For ourselves, it mm. is it is quite shameful. Uh, Nikke, how prevalent is sexual harassment for women lawyers? Could you could you give could you give us some some typical scenarios about how it plays out, Nikke? Okay, yeah, let me give you a very very common example. This so is this is this is daytime radio, so so give it to me in like PG language. Thank you. <laughs> very very PG. Very, PG. Very, very PG. Thank you. Uh huh. Let's say you're in Lagos mm. and you have a matter in Abuja mm. and you're going to Lagos with your boss for a matter. So, um, you know, so obviously it's on the office, um, you know, like expense. Mm. It cannot be from your own purse. Mm. Same is an official matter. Mm. So your boss has like, just give you your, um, you know, your um, ticket, you get on the plane, mm. you get to Abuja with your boss. Mm. You know, you just follow your. I'm sorry, you're following your boss, mm-hmm. and then you, you get to the hotel, and he has booked for just one room. Mm. Ah, ah, what? Ah, for just one room, and then ah, ah there's only one room. Though. You know, you know, and he's like, oh, I did not realize that. <laughs> Don't worry, another room. Just bring your things up. You know, just bring your things up. First of all, even the very act of taking your things off feels very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It should not even happen. Okay. But then that happens. And then you get into the room and then, you know, the rest is very common knowledge to a lot of people. Now, there are also um, instances where, for example, for like things like, let me say, the MBA conference, you're sponsored to go, you get there. So, as like, it mostly seems as like, takes these forms or even just working in the office, you know, your boss has 
kicking on you, it gets very uncomfortable because in most situations, most people honestly do not know how to react. Yeah, because, because this person has power over you. Extreme. Like, the power dynamics is too, as like, the power gap is too wide, mm. you know, for you to, like, react how you ordinarily react. Mm. If, you know, if, if you and the person are on the same um, you know, like power strata. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Now, number two is sometimes because it's sexual harassment. Mm-hmm. It's most, it's no like you know, as like it's mostly covered. Yeah, like it's not something that you can actually hold on to. Like um, before it proceeds to sexual assault, mm-hmm. it's mostly sexual harassment. Yeah. So most times, even when you even like. You know, like you know, like report. The person that you might have to report to is a friend of your guy. They will just drink one beer and say, ah, you know, like it just dies down. Like more often than not, the person reporting is not even believed because, just like we said, the reflection of the general society, mm-hmm. you start to get things like, why do you climb up there? Mm. Why are you said you know, you know, like why do you, why you carry your load? Why didn't you so, like, insist? There are a lot mm-hmm. A lot of a lot of instances. For example, you can be traveling for like a matter with your boss. Mm. You guys are in a car, you're sleeping. Before you know, you are feeling somebody's hand on your lap. Mm. Hey, you know, creepy things like that. And then you don't know, like you do know how how like we are, but sometimes shock immobilizes. Yeah. You know, so like there are a lot of instances, but these are the most common ones that a lot of women can relate to Mm. because this is very, very prevalent. Like it's so common, it's shocking. Like, like if you gather 20 female lawyers now, one there will have a similar story. And I'm not saying one to err on the side of like, Let's not make it seem like I'm, you know, you know, like I'm putting wrong statistics, but it's that prevalent. When when female lawyers are friends gather, the things that you hear are very, very shocking. Sometimes uh, it's so shocking that that some of them don't even know that they are being sexually harassed. And these are lawyers. Lawyers are the ones who have the power to tackle something like sexual harassment. Lawyers and you are, are being sexually are harassed. And foremost, lawyers are human beings, are people before they read the law. Let me come to Lucy. Let let me come to Lucy. Lucy, you're in law school um, and you did your LLB and I'm glad you did your LLB um, outside of Nigeria, right? Uh, Are are there some specific, um, uh, what's it called now? Um, Ways that it's different. The culture around sexual harassment is different because we have sex for grades that is an endemic problem in Nigerian education, right? How prevalent is it in law programs in our university and at law school? Do you have women law students who are getting the same pressure and harassment and extortion as their counterparts in other courses? So in law school, right, mm. I would say that it's very covert in the sense that it's law school. Law school has a lot of rules. Mm. You can't you can't protest you can't protest in law school because you're having issues with lecturers. You can't protest because you could get you could get expelled. So law it's very school. Covert in the sense that 
in law in in law school you can't protest. You can't protest. No. The irony. Go ahead. There's no freedom of speech, basically. <laughs> Go ahead. So um, we hear rumors of lecturers dating students. They call it dating, but I don't believe a lecturer can date a student mm. because there's a power, there's, 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 there's an unequal power dy- dynamic there. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. So you, you hear you hear about it, but it's not in your face because, like I said, law school there is no freedom of speech, mm. so it's correct. It's done in a way where there's possible deniability. You understand? Mm. You could say it, and the lecturer could say, I, "I've never done this," you know, and nobody would, nobody, everybody would believe the lecturer. Mm. You understand? But mm. it's, it's there, but it's always shrouded in mystery, and you know, it's very coded behind the cloak. Mm. Yeah, it's very coded. Fufumi, yeah. you you went to uh, did you did you go to um, university here? Did you get your LLB here? In Nigeria, yes, okay. Tell me yes. about the culture. Tell me, do you? Th- is there the same pressure and the same harassment uh, as other courses? In in um... the biggest, the biggest culture is always the culture of silence, hmm. and and that is why you. Well, it's breaking up a bit these days. We we have more people um, emboldened to report and tell their stories, but hmm. the biggest culture is the culture of silence. That's hmm. why we would never get an accurate statistics as to how prevalent sexual harassment or um, sexual assault is. Mm. And and that is um, one of the reasons why we must get women in a position of leadership because I believe they would be more passionate about these issues. We can speak all we want. We can analyze and debate all we want. What will correct some of these anomalies are structure put in place. Mm. It is sad that if anything happens to a young lawyer today, she doesn't know where to report. Make made a point about the person she's going to report to likely being her, the, the friend of her boss. Mm. But let's even start with a girl is a copper being posted to a law firm or she's worked in a law firm for a few years or a mm. few months and something happens one night. Mm. Off the top of anybody's head, within the profession, you don't even know the they appropriate reporting channel. Where, where do you go? To? Is there an appropriate reporting yeah. channel? Everybody, everybody knows about the legal practitioners' disciplinary committee. Okay. But, um, and about you writing a petition and what have you. But I think that in respect of sexual harassment, mm. they, need to, they, they should, um, the body should be created. Actually, it should be created in such a way that victims have confidence in the confidentiality and in the transparency as confidential as it should be the transparency of the process mm. that she will go through with respect to her complaint or her or her report mm. um, the way that it will be handled mm. the composition of the member of um, the, any panel that we speak to here mm. but also that is put in place you will always have a situation where those that are more inclined to keep their jobs, mm. those that are more inclined to avoid um, being tagged with the phrase of victims will keep quiet about it. Mm. It is about the appropriate structures. That's the only way there can be any preventive measures. The appropriate mm. structures being put in place, adequate policies being set down. I'm looking forward to a time where the NDA makes it mandatory for every firm and then we can extend it to every corporate organization. Mm-hmm. Having 
a mandatory sexual harassment policy. policy. Having mandatory sexual harassment training mm. annually, biannually, whichever way you want to do it. Mm. It is it is we cannot um, we cannot ignore the issue anymore and therefore we must begin to take structural steps, not just we need to start dealing with it case by case. Mm. As much as we are dealing with issues case by case, we need to also put in inbuilt systems, inbuilt structures mm. that prevent the um, that prevent the reoccurrence of it. If a corporate organization is has repeated sexual harassment training, mm-hmm. the likelihood of um, perpetrators thinking twice when they want to do the act is death. <laughs> so it are more about structures being put in place mm-hmm. and more about policies being put in place to ensure that the prevalence of it is reduced. Mm-hmm. And I believe that until we begin to get women in leadership, they are likely to be a bit more passionate about these issues because we affect them directly. Now, uh, before we go, because we're out of time, I'm going to get answers to this question from you and Nike. Fumi, in spite of these hurdles and these obstacles, both you and Nike are continuing to rise up the ranks as lawyers. What factors have helped you? What strategies do women lawyers need to adopt to protect their careers and rise up in spite of the glass ceiling? Okay, so two things I would say have helped me. I've had marvelous examples in front of me. Like I said, there are a lot of amazing women doing amazing things out there. I mean, also those that I do not know personally, um, just seeing them there, seeing what they do, uh, inspires you to also rise towards that. Mm. The second thing is my own circle. So um, the people in my age bracket, the people that we're called back together, mm. uh, it, it's, it's like a support structure, so mm. to speak. Mm. We, we keep rising, we keep encouraging each other, mm. we keep helping each other out, we keep pushing. Um, law is law is, is a profession that you, you never stop investing in. Mm. I mean, you think that you've been called to the bar and that is it. No. You're forever investing, you're forever writing professional exams, you're forever trying to push. And um, my personal experience has also been that part of those colleagues surprisingly have been men. I have a lot of male colleagues who are forever saying how amazed they are at what I'm doing, are forever um, encouraging. And so I think you need, nobody is an island, you need that support structure. Um, discouraging moments will come. Hmm. Uh, it will come when you want to give up. All right. But when you, when you have the right support structure, it helps. Quickly. It helps. Nick, I have just one minute left. Uh, tell me what are the things that have helped you? What strategies uh, do women lawyers need to adopt? I think that by being a woman lawyer, first of all, you have to be excellent in what you, know, as like in what you do. Mm. Be excellent at your job and show up. Now, just like like Fumi has said, I have had excellent examples of, you know, and then I have also been the recipient of a lot of kindness from my seniors, both male and female. Like, mm. when... When somebody say that oh, the women don't help each other, that has not been my experience. Mm-hmm. Like I have been marvelously helped, marvelously encouraged by a lot of excellent examples. For example, like we have like 
like a lot of people are there to assist you. Most times, all you need to do is just to reach out, ask mm. for help. Okay. Ask and you shall receive. Okay. All right. Ask and you shall receive. Fumi, Nike, Lucy, you have been great. Thank you so much for giving to me your time. I asked and I received your time. <laughs> and all the best. All the best with your careers. I can't wait to touch base again and see where you are at. I'm hoping one of you runs for president. <laughs> I'm Sandra Ezekwesili. <laughs>